You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's up, Eagles Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Luby. This show is presented by PHLSportsNation.com. So first, before we get into the content today, just a couple of headlines going around the Eagles team so far this offseason. Um, the, co- the offensive coordinator search still continues. The Eagles are looking far and wide for their new play, or not play caller, because Doug Peterson calls the plays, but mastermind behind the offense to work with Doug Peterson. They were tied to a lot of different candidates. Um, some opted out. Some said they weren't interested. The Eagles are back to square one. Uh, it's reported that the Eagles talked to Josh McCown as a candidate for return as a coach and also possibly an offensive coordinator. Um, he was up in the air, didn't know if he, surprisingly, didn't know if he didn't even want to stop playing football yet. Um, keep in mind, he did retire last offseason and then came out of retirement to play for the Eagles. So, not sure really what he means by that. I think he should go out by playoff appearance and get into coaching um, eventually in his career. But um, Josh McCown is definitely a name that we have to consider. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, I said I don't think he should immediately step in as an offensive coordinator. That's a very tall task to ask for. But we'll see what happens with that. Another candidate in-house or um, – Deuce Staley, the running backs coach and assistant head coach, as well as Press Taylor, who is the quarterbacks coach. Again, that would be a tall task to promote, and um, I'm not big about promoting from within because I want a new mind, fresh ideas to come in and freshen up this offense, but I'm kind of stressing about uh, who's going to be the next offensive coordinator because the cards are not falling in the Eagles' favor, but I hope they can finally get somebody in that would be competent to work well with Doug and get this offense back and running. Going to the defensive side of the ball, so far this offseason, it is reported that the Eagles are going to pursue quarterbacks heavily in free agency. By that, uh, the big names there are Byron Jones, former Cowboy, and Chris Harris Jr., former Bronco, who's been tied to the Eagles a lot in his career. Byron Jones is 27 years old. Chris Harris is 30. And out of these two quarterbacks, I would love the Eagles to try to get a quarterback in free agency. That would mean uh, the draft can be focused more on wide receivers early in the rounds. But if the Eagles are going to pursue corner in free agency, I think it's Byron Jones or Bust because he's a younger player. He has a lot of talent. And I think he would fit really well in this Eagles defense, be that lockdown corner that they have been lacking. And I don't think the Eagles should spend money trying to get mid-level cornerbacks back with the team. Um, they're fine with Avante Maddox, Craven LeBlanc, Sidney Jones, and possibly Jalen Mills if he returns to plug in when need be. But the Eagles should be spending money trying to get another mid-tier cornerback like those players. They need to go out and spend on a top corner or use one of their draft picks to get a top corner from the draft. That's why I think Byron Jones is a great prospect because he has a lot of skill and he could be that lockdown corner. Today we're going to talk about offseason content with the defensive line. Um, I'm going to kick things off with the guest speaker talking about the, the defensive end group and then 
I'm going to close it out talking about the defensive tackle group. Both are very interesting this offseason. Stick around after this ad and we'll get to the content. All right, we are officially into the offseason content talking about the draft and free agency today. I have Tom Plunkett with me talking about the defensive line. Tom is with Eagles, PHL Eagles Nation doing Twitter work um, and all of that. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm glad to be back on Birch Banner Podcast. How about you, Matt? Pretty good. Excited to get into the content today. Um, so we're going to talk about the, the defensive end group first. First of all, Eagles have Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, and Jannard Avery as their top guys under contract for next season. In my opinion, I think all those guys are locks to make the team. Uh, they showed a lot of promise, and Jannard Avery didn't really have a great season, but Eagles spent that fourth-round pick on him. Howie Roseman showed that he has a lot of faith in him going forward. Um, then the last three, it starts to get tricky. First of all, Sharif Miller. He was drafted in the fourth round of the 2019 season out of Penn State. In my opinion, it was a bit of a reach, even though I said that Sharif Miller was going to be a great prospect for the Eagles. Um, he came to the team with a pretty deep defensive end group, just not that talented, and really couldn't manage to get onto the field. He ended the season with two special team snaps. Um, Tom, do you think this is going to be a tough road for Sharif Miller to make the team next year? Um, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a tough road for Sharif Miller to make the team. I mean, uh, he has being a fourth-round pick and only going into his second year into his corner, but he only played in, what, two special team snaps this season. It just looks like it's going to be a tough road ahead for him. Yeah, he didn't have the most promising offseason last year as well. Uh, Deshaun Hall, Josh Sweat, Joe Osman really outshone him. Speaking of Deshaun Hall and Joe Osman, those are two players that are going to be coming off of ACL tears. Joe Osman suffered his ACL tear in August of 2019 and Deshaun Hall in January of 2020. Um, it's really tricky dealing with these kinds of injuries of the recovery. Joe Osman is probably almost at full health by now. Um, he's probably he's definitely back to walking. I've seen him in videos walking around. He still is going through rehab before he can you know run around on a football field, but he's progressing. Uh, looks like he's progressing very well. Deshaun Hall is in the early stages of his recovery. That injury was suffered week 17 against the Giants. So all of a sudden, you know, you had Deshaun Hall, the MVP of the preseason in 2019, Joe Osman, the MVP of the Eagles training camp last offseason, really promising guys that I thought were going to take over the defensive end group um, in the next couple of years. But now looks like they're on the roster bubble. Tom, what do you think about these two players? Um, I really actually like both of them. Um, it's going to be really hard, I think, for Deshaun Hall to make the roster next year just because, like you said, he has that uh, Week 17 ACL injury. It's going to probably take a full year, up to eight months, which he probably won't see a lot of next season. So if there's a guy that is fighting for a roster spot with him, like Joe Osman, going into next season, I think the Eagles are going to be more prone to take someone like Joe Osman who can actually contribute very well to next season. Yeah, Eagles really like Joe Osman. They always have the past couple of years. They thought that this was finally his year to break out. Then he goes down for the year with the ACL tear. So I think he definitely is in the Eagles' favor right now, especially recovery-wise, but also skill-wise. Um, Deshaun Hall, like I said, had a great preseason, showed a lot of promise, but the Eagles didn't really commit to him at all during the season. Didn't really play him a lot. Josh Sweat outplayed him most of the games. He was inactive here and there. Um, so I think just by that, it shows that if they had to come down to the two or Sharif Miller as well, I think Joe Osman is going to make that cut and finally get him up to the 53-man roster. 
Also, another name that was on the Eagles team in 2019 who is set to hit the free agent market is Vinny Curry. Vinny Curry really surprised me back in 2019. He had ended up having five sacks and 27 tackles, and he did all of that on 38% of his snaps. Tom, this is a player that was with the team in 2017, helped contribute to a Super Bowl team, but I didn't think he was going to come out and play this well in 2019. What do you think about him hitting the free agent market? Would you like him back? I would definitely like Vinny Curry back. I can't stress this enough. We need, 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 need to bring Vinny Curry back. He stepped up huge down the stretch. He started off slow, but if we're going to bring him back for like a $2 million contract, I think it's definitely something that we need to do. He had five sacks, which is second most in his career, actually, besides the uh, 2014 stellar uh, nine-sack season that he had. So, yeah, we definitely need to bring Vinny Curry back, and I think he's going to contribute to a positive season next year. I totally agree. He was brought back on a one-year $2.25 million deal. I think that's going to be a similar deal. That's what it would take to get him back to Philly. Uh, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, but the Eagles have the money to spend for him right now. They have over $40 million in cap space. And what I liked out of Vinny Curry the most this season was when Derek Barnett went out for a couple of weeks, he really stepped up. I thought that was going to be a huge hole in the defensive line, even though Derek Barnett wasn't playing amazing. That was definitely going to be a downgrade to Vinny Curry. But honestly, didn't look like the Eagles defense missed a step at all. He came in, he produced a lot of sacks, a lot of tackles for loss, um, played really well. And my only knock on Vinny Curry is his age. But when I look into it, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, Howie Roseman mentioned that he wanted to bring in younger players to bring some youth to this team and help expand their window to win a Super Bowl. But right now, he's 31 years old. He'll be 32 for next season, going to the offseason. And honestly, that's two years older than Fletcher Cox, same age as Brandon Graham. He's not going to be a starter. He's just a rotational piece. It wouldn't hurt to have a 31-year-old player as your rotational piece. That's a little bit older than the Eagles probably want to go. Um, but I don't see any problem with it. Tom, do you think that's going to be an issue when the Eagles consider bringing Curry back? Um, I don't think it'll be that much of an issue. I think they're going to pretty much play it how they did this season with him. I think uh, in the beginning of the season, his snap count was like really low compared to down the stretch, and then that's when he really started to produce. So I think if they decide to take that route with him, it'll be similar to what it was like this year at 31. No difference at 32. Yeah, definitely. The Eagles are in a very interesting situation with their defensive end group. They have a lot of younger players that can make a difference down the road with Jannard Avery, Josh Sweat, possibly Sharif Miller, Deshaun Hall, Joe Osman, and those players. They got their clear-cut starters in Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham, but they're lacking the player to kind of build the bridge between them. Um, a player that's not going to demand starting snaps, but also be able to produce. We saw that with Michael Bennett and Chris Lawn in years past. Didn't really have that in 2019. Josh Sweat played well, but not as well as uh, those two players did with the Eagles previously. And I think a candidate for this type of player is Emmanuel Ogba. He was a former second-round pick out of Oklahoma State. Um, technically a first-round pick because that was the year of the, the deflate gate where the Patriots got their first-round pick taken away. He was drafted 32nd overall to the Browns um, in any normal year, 32nd overall is in the first round. Um, he went from the Browns to the Chiefs last year. His rookie year, he had five and a half sacks. He started all 40 games with the Browns, so he's definitely shown a durability and starting experience. 
In 2019 with the Chiefs, he had played 52% of his snaps, five and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. That was his most productive year. He had a lot more usage back with the Browns, but with the Chiefs, he did a lot more with a lot less. I think he's likely out of Kansas City if they're going to sign Chris Jones. He's going to demand a lot of money. Um, he showed a lot of promise this past season and in the playoffs. He really spoke up to his words against uh, Derrick Henry. He really shut him down um, in the AFC Championship game. So if he's debating all that money, Emmanuel Ogba, who's going to demand probably 5 to $7 million a year, I think he's going to fall out of favor in Kansas City. Um, he grew into his body eventually in his career. He's too big for a tight end to block, but he, he lines up pretty well against offensive tackles. He's good against the run, which the Eagles need to continually develop that run defense that they have, and he's really good with his hands. Um, I like the stuff I saw of him so far in his NFL career, and I think he would be a great piece with the Eagles to kind of bridge that gap and show that the Eagles can constantly put out difference makers on defense no matter what rotation is in. Another player that intrigues me is Vic Beasley. This is kind of an interesting scenario because he's an outside linebacker, edge rusher, and a 3-4 defense. Um, not really what the Eagles are looking to run here, but he's a very athletic player that I think he could develop into a 4-3 D-end if need be. Um, it's kind of a stretch. I don't know if the Eagles are in a position to try to develop and transform a player, but you know, it wouldn't hurt. He has all the potential in the world. Um, his career has been filled with injuries, so maybe the Eagles could get him for cheap, a little one-year prove-it deal just to see if he could fit the system. Um, he's a younger player. He doesn't rush with a lot of power, but he gets around blocks very easily, and he also has a lot of experience spying on the quarterback. The Eagles don't really have a player other than Nathan Gary that can spy on a quarterback and try to take him down if they get outside the pocket, but Vic Beasley is very good at that. I don't think the Eagles are going to be looking into him at all, but if they do, um, look for a short-term, pretty cheap deal to try to see if he can transform into a difference maker on this Eagles defensive front. All right, it's officially draft season. The Eagles are entering the draft of the 21st overall pick, and although the Eagles probably need to focus on wide receiver cornerback in the early stages of the draft, you can never count out the defensive line because Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, they love building those lines up from the inside out. Um, and I think defensive end, like I said earlier, is a very underrated need because they need somebody that can step in and make a difference but not be a starter. Um, we're going to name a few players and give a reasoning for why the Eagles should consider them. Um, first off, Terrell Lewis from Alabama. He's going to probably be a late first-round pick, second-round pick. Um, He's very good. He's one of the best defensive ends in this draft class. He has a very powerful first move, um, but he has speed once he gets past that blocker. He can use the power to get up to the blocker, up to the offensive tackle, but once he gets past and he's rushing that quarterback, he has a lot of speed, so he has a lot of all-around talent for that. He was way too skilled for those one-on-ones in college. He constantly drew double teams because if just one tackle or one guard was trying to uh, – block him he always got through he can also play inside which is huge for the eagles because um, they like to do that with brandon graham a lot they like to do that um, on obvious pass plays just to improve the pass rush and try to get to the quarterback get more pressure on them so that's definitely huge he's very versatile uh, he's another player that's kind of in a 3-4 defense with alabama but i think he could definitely develop into a 4-3 defense with the amount of skill that he has and the versatility that he has Another thing I want to point out, watching his highlights in his film, 
a lot of his main success came from SEC teams. Those top offensive lines in the uh, the college football, he's getting success. He's getting to the quarterback time after time, bringing them down. It's not like he's stat padding against those lower level teams in college football. He's playing up to the the, the opponent and really showing why he can make a difference in the NFL. I really like Terrell Lewis. I don't know if the Eagles are going to consider a D-end in the first round, but if they do, Terrell Lewis is definitely a name to consider because he has all the potential, all the skill in the world, and would be great to pair with Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham for the next couple of years. The next player comes from Auburn. His name's Nick Coe. Tom, what do you think about Nick Coe? Um, I really like Nick Coe out of Auburn. Um, I think for the Eagles, he'd actually be at the top of my draft board for uh, defensive ends because... I don't see us being able to get like that first-round talent kind of guy like Chase Young, obviously, or an A.J. Epinesa out of Iowa, or even Terrell Lewis. Terrell Lewis is really good. I just don't see us making that first-round pick on a defensive end. But if we do, Terrell Lewis would definitely be a very good pick. But going back to Nick Coe, he stands 6'4". He's 285 pounds. That's a huge body that will transition well into the NFL. And... uh He's going to fit right in into that 4-3 defense that the Eagles like to run. He reminds me a lot of uh, Calais Campbell, uh, who's huge and can he's really versatile on the uh, defensive line, can play any position, can line him up at defensive line, rush the passer, can line him up at DN, can rush the passer. But the one thing I really like about Nick Coe is that his, after watching his highlights and his uh, film, his arm technique to get around a, uh, offensive tackle is insane. Um, the one thing that they are saying that is a knock on him is that he likes to bull rush a lot because he was so big in college, but that's like a normal size DN in the NFL, what he's standing at. So I don't really think that's going to work, but I think that's something that the Eagles, uh, coaching staff can work on and get that technique just a little better. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So his, he has a lot of versatility, just like Terrell Lewis. He can be lined up a lot of different places and have that success, which is super important. Um, and like Tom said, he has that desired frame of the pass rusher. He's big, um, has a lot of power, and he relies a lot on that power. Um, he can try to get around the the offensive tackles, offensive guards, whoever wants to try to block him. But my only knock on watching him a little bit is um, – He's, he's doing a lot of pushing. Um, he can get around and use those other moves that he has, but it's a lot of pushing, and I think he should definitely try to develop a little bit more moves um, going into the NFL because you're not going to be able to push around an NFL offensive tackle as easy as he was in college. I think that's definitely teachable, and he definitely has the frame and the build to do so and try to learn that new technique because he's a big guy. Uh, he could definitely handle that that new task, but for right now, uh, I think he's a very good prospect. And the Eagles' defensive ends right now don't have the power that Nick Coe has right now. He they have Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett who are all around good defensive ends, but Nick Coe, pure power would be great to have. Develop him a little bit more, but having that power is super important um, on the defensive end. The next player, Bradley Anay from Utah. I really like liked watching him. He's very complete, um, a very complete player. He has good size mixed with a lot of speed. So he can try to bull rush and show that power off. But like Terrell Lewis, once he gets through, he's bringing out the speed and he's tackling that quarterback or tackling a running back, whatever it has to be. Um, he's a great athlete. I mean, that's all there is to it. He's one of those raw prospects that just has a lot of athletic, athleticism, 
but he can definitely take room to develop um, some new moves and new techniques to get past the blockers. I think that's going to be super important, but he has a good a good array of skills right now to try to develop into a elite pass rusher in the league. He has a high motor. When plays are knocked outside, he's tracking it down. Um, he can chase down a quarterback for several yards and try to tackle him for a loss. And he had 13 sacks in 2019. Just shows his production on the football field. He doesn't give up, and he did a lot with that usage that he was uh, used in at Utah. Our next two prospects come from Notre Dame. First one, Julie Aquara. Julian's a great player. I'm excited to talk about him. He looked really well in film. What do you think about him, Tom? Um, I really like Julian Aquara. He actually, out of all the guys that we're covering today, probably has the most fun highlight tape to watch. He's super athletic, um, really good at getting after the quarterback. But the only problem that I have with him is that he's only 240 pounds. That's a lot less than, well, not a lot less, but that's five pounds less than Josh Sweat coming out, and that was the huge knock on Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat had to put on 20 pounds to even come close to getting onto the field for the Eagles this year. But still, I think he makes up for it in his uh, athletic ability. Uh, I don't really know if the Eagles will go after someone like Julian Aquara because he's like your typical 3-4 outside linebacker, but I think if he puts on weight and the Eagles decide to draft him due to his athletic ability, I would really enjoy for the, to see him on the 2020 Eagles roster. Yeah, definitely. I think um, also just a note, as we get further down this list, we're getting further down in their projected draft stock. Right now we're in the middle rounds, like 3-5, to five, uh, where these players are going to land. But like Tom said, he's very undersized for his position, but he can definitely make up for it with his athletic ability. He has a, a lot of potential just because he's a really good athlete, just like a lot of other these players that we're mentioning right now. Most of his pressure comes from outside the tackle, and by that I mean he's showing off a lot of speed. He's not doing moves inside to get to the quarterback. He's always moving around, and uh, although that can work if he has the speed to do so, but in the NFL, if he's trying to do that constantly, it's going to take a lot of time, especially against good offensive tackles. You're not always going to be able to go around consistently and get to the quarterback because most of the time, within two, three seconds, the ball's already gone. I don't think he's going to be able to even get around, uh, somewhat around an offensive tackle in two to three seconds. So that's one knock on him, but he has good tackling, tackling technique. Um, he can finish the plays, finish the sacks well. Um, so that's definitely a plus by him, especially if it bounces outside. He can use that speed to track him down and make the play. And he can even drop into coverage. Uh, when we were watching his film, he had an interception. And that's kind of bizarre to see a defensive end drop back into coverage and even make a play on the ball. So that was definitely cool to see. Um, an athletic freak, definitely versatile. So the Eagles can definitely use him. But like we said, he's undersized. And I don't think the Eagles would be looking for somebody just like that because they want somebody with that power because they have Joe Osman, Jannard Avery, players like that who are a little bit undersized and use their speed to try to get to the pass or the passer. Our next player from Notre Dame is Khalid Kareem. So Khalid, like uh, Nick Coe, he has a lot of power and it shows most against the run. He can definitely clog the holes and make the plays um, when the offense is running the football. But his open field tackles are a little bit questionable, in my opinion. He relies a lot on bringing the player down by like swinging them to the ground, kind of like the plays that 
middle school football players, high school football players uh, use, try to grab the jersey and just swing them down. I don't think that's going to work in the NFL just because players are going to be a lot stronger, a lot bigger, a lot faster. He won't be able to do uh, any plays like that, but he could definitely develop it. And if he's just used against the run, that won't even be a problem because he can always clog the hole and try to make the play right happen right in front of him. He's a very interesting prospect, again, because he has that power. They could try to develop him into a better pass rusher, try to use a little bit more speed, a little bit better tackling technique. But since he has that power, I think he should be on the Eagles draft uh, board. Um, our next prospect is uh, Chancey Haney out of North Greenville. North Greenville, yes, I said that right. A lot of you are probably like, where's that at? But that's a D2 school in South Carolina. And uh, Chauncey Haney is actually a really interesting prospect, just like the rest of ours, because like I was watching his highlight film, and he just looked like an absolute monster against D2, talent, uh, D2 schools. But I think if you're looking for a day three undrafted rookie kind of guy, this is the guy to look for. He's uh, really fast around the edge. He's not going to make an impact right away, but I think that's he's going to be a nice uh, project for teams if the Eagles don't end up going after him to le- learn under some vets and actually develop into a starting defensive end or just a rotational defensive end kind of guy. Chauncey Haney is definitely an intriguing player. Um, like Tom said, he has all the athletic ability in the world. He has the power to make those solid tackles and cl- uh, plug- clog up those holes uh, when need be, but... Like we've been saying, the Eagles need a difference maker at defensive end, and Chauncey Haney isn't going to step in even his first year and make a difference. I would say if the Eagles brought him in, it would be a Sharif Miller type of story. Um, See a little bit of promise in training camp, but when it comes time to play the regular season, maybe a little bit of special teams, but most likely not even going to suit up for a football game. Um, I don't want to rule out anything because he hasn't even been drafted or gone to the combine yet, but... It's just tough to see a player like this from a Division two school try to step in um, and take all that raw talent and make a difference on the team. He doesn't have the big body power that the Eagles need um, to complete their defensive end group right now, but he's very intriguing. If he goes undrafted, I think the Eagles should definitely take a look, but for right now, I would say if the Eagles have a pick later in the rounds, uh, stay away from Chauncey Haney just because their money would be better spent um, taking a defensive end earlier in the draft to try to make that difference maker. Our last prospect late in the draft is Travis Gibson. He's from Tulsa. Uh, Like Chauncey Haney, he's very athletic. He's very quick, and he relies on getting around the offensive tackle again, uh, like Khalid Kareem, and he doesn't really like to go through. Um, He doesn't try to use his power. He just likes to use his speed, which, again, I've been saying this time after time, but the Eagles don't really need speed right now. They need power. Um, He has the awareness to track down the run plays. If it's getting clogged up up the middle and the run bounces outside, he's always tracking it down and making the play. Um, A player that likes to do that is Fletcher Cox, another high-motor player, Brandon Graham. Um, Players like that complete the Eagles' defensive group right now. It wouldn't hurt to have another high-motor player, but like I said, need power, not speed. Um, Last year with Tulsa, he had eight sacks, so again, very productive. Um, Looked very good right now, but... Again, these are late-round prospects, maybe undrafted. And I think if the Eagles are looking to draft a defensive end, I don't think it's going to come later in the draft. I think they need to look earlier in the draft or possibly get Emmanuel Agba in free agency because I really like 
um, him as a player. All right, Tommy, I appreciate you for coming on and talking about the defensive ends today. It was very enjoyable. Um, like we said, Eagles are in a very interesting situation with the defensive end group right now. They have a lot of good players and a lot of intriguing prospects in free agency, but in the draft, there's a lot of skill. Um, so I appreciate for you for coming on talking about these players with me. It was really enjoyable. Yep, thanks, Matt, for having me on. I'm excited to see what the Eagles are going to do at the DN position because it's just a toss-up, but... Uh... Just before I go, I wanted to make sure that you guys keep up with uh, Bird's Banner Podcast. Matt puts out some great stuff, and he has a really exciting future ahead. So just keep up with it. Appreciate that. Uh, again, thanks for coming on. And if you guys want to follow him on Twitter, it's Plunkett Tommy. And again, we're both with PHL Eagles Nation. Make sure you follow us for all your Eagles news, podcast articles, and whatever whatever it may be. To end off this podcast today, I'm going to take things inside and talk about the defensive tackle position. So the defensive tackle position, I think, is pretty set. Um, First of all, the Eagles have Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson as their one and two options coming back for 2020. Um, Both of them are under contract for the next couple of years. Malik Jackson, if you remember, um, he was brought in by the Eagles. He He was cut by the Jaguars in 2019. The Eagles signed him ahead of free agency, and had a really good offseason, really hyped up, but he suffered that injury, that foot injury in week one, didn't play for the rest of the year, but he said that he's going to be back ready to go at full speed in around March. Um, So I think having a full offseason back with the team is really going to reestablish his role as a starting defensive tackle, and all the Eagles fans are going to realize what they've been missing out on with Malik Jackson. Doesn't really have an injury history, so I don't think it's going to be an issue with him. He's definitely coming back. Fletcher Cox is definitely coming back. Um, He's a monster. Really came on late last year. Um, Had a really slow start to the season, I think, just because he wasn't fully healthy. Um, Struggling with, like, that foot-ankle injury um, against the Saints in the playoffs. Had surgery on it, and then all offseason, I guess it just wasn't fully healed. And it carried into the 2019 season. But when it mattered, Fletcher Cox made the differences, um, played really well late in the season, and showed why he's so important to this team. He's the heart and soul of that defensive line. It runs through Fletcher Cox, and when he's playing well, the whole line is going to play well because he attracts so many double teams. And when you put Malik Jackson next to him, that's going to be scary. It's going to be a scary thought for opposing offenses just because Fletcher Cox is going to take on a guard and a center. But Malik Jackson, he's pretty good himself. He's not that much. He's probably a tier below Fletcher Cox. And uh, I think him getting a single team right up in the middle, he's going to take that all day. Uh, It's going to open up so much for him, but also the defensive ends outside, whether it be Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham or maybe Emmanuel Agba or Trevor Lewis, the players that we talked about earlier in this podcast. Who knows what the Eagles are going to do out there. But the defensive tackle position is almost set. It's going to set the tone for the entire line this upcoming season. Outside of those two players, the Eagles have Bruce Hector and also Anthony Rush under contract for the 2020 season. Um, These are two interesting players. Anthony Rush was an undrafted free agent last year. He was promoted to the active roster after they had a ton of injuries at the position and played really well. Late in the season, he looked like a monster next to Fletcher Cox, and that looked like a really good duo. And people started to forget about uh, uh Malik Jackson and all those players that went down with injuries just because Anthony Rush was stepping up to the task. And the fact that he's going to step in and probably be the 
defensive end three or four and 2020 is awesome because the Eagles have so much depth there they had so much depth going into the season but had to suffer with some injuries um, but having Anthony Rush get that development get that starting experience so early in his career is going to be awesome for his development I think he's going to be great and I think he's definitely going to be considered to be almost a lock to make the roster because he had a really good end of the year um, has experience with the team and played really well Bruce Hector is a player that's going to be probably bounced around from the practice squad um, for next year. He's he's going to be with the team in the offseason. If he blows the team away, he might get um, the nod over Anthony Rush for the, the, the defensive tackle position. But honestly, Bruce Hector, he just hasn't showed me enough in his career. But if the Eagles need to sign him as their defensive end four, honestly, that's not a bad deal. Especially having Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson ahead of him. That's a really good positional group. Um, but just having that depth, they already have Bruce Hector established on the team. So that's one less spot to fill once they get into free agency here. Now, two players that I really want to talk about that are set to hit the free agent market. Number one, they're both former faces, previous faces in the Eagles franchise. But number one, a little bit more, more previous, Tim Jernigan. Tim Jernigan has been with the team for the last couple of seasons and He's been a monster. Um, the Eagles really got a sweet deal from the Ravens stealing Timmy Jernigan from him for basically nothing. They just up or downgraded their, I believe it was a third-round pick. They just swapped third-round picks and got Tim Jernigan along with it, and he played really well. In 2018, he had that really weird back injury, but bounced back from it, played really well. Um, I believe the Eagles were... Five and one or something in 2018 when he returned from his injury, he really set the tone for the defense and played really well with Fletcher Cox. Um, so having him in the future is going to be super important. I think Tim Jernigan is probably, in my opinion, almost the top priority for the Eagles uh, free agents that are set to leave. In my opinion, it's Rodney McLeod, Tim Jernigan, Big V, and Jordan Howard. I think those four guys are the ones the Eagles really need to hone in and try to keep around. Jalen Mills, I want to put on that list a little bit too, but I'm just not sure um, what's going to happen with uh, Corey Unlin getting fired as quarterback's coach and everything. So those four or five players I think is going to be top priority, Tim Jernigan being one of them. Tim Jernigan is a really good player. Um, I think in a limited role like he did have in 2017, I think he's going to emerge as a great player, a, a great rotational piece for this team if he comes back. Um, he made it clear that he he likes Philly. He would love to come back, but he's going to explore the market. He's going to see what he can make elsewhere. And like I've said previously in the podcast, the Eagles have money. If they want to spend it, um, they can give him what he thinks he deserves, but don't be too... Don't be too dumb with it because the Eagles still have Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson who are going to carry the load. Can't spend too much on Tim Jernigan if he's not going to even get 50% of the snaps. Another player I want to end things off with is Bo Allen. If you remember, Bo Allen was with the team in 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and a couple years before that um, played out his contract and then used his Super Bowl victory and went to Tampa Bay. Last year... Around this time, there was talks that um, Bo Allen was on his way out of Tampa Bay because they wanted to you know, free up some cap space and try to get rid of those big contracts. And Bo Allen was somebody that they might have thought didn't deserve as much money as he was going to make. 
But now this year might be a similar situation. He's he's set to be a free agent, and I would think he would want a decent amount of money, but honestly, he hasn't played as well in Tampa Bay as he's played with the Eagles. I think the Eagles can bring out the best in him, but also give him the money that he thinks he deserves. He's not going to break the bank and go for a record deal like Fletcher Cox and other defensive tackles. He's not that kind of player. He's a rotational piece. He's not going to start for the Eagles. He's not going to start for a lot of teams, but he is definitely starting quality. That's definitely important for the Eagles to have those kind of players around that are kind of on the edge between a starter and backup um, to make sure that they have starting experience if they need to step in and play a lot, but also not demand the amount of money and snaps that a starter would. Um, Bo Allen is definitely an intriguing prospect. I think he loves the Eagles organization. People are always talking to him about it. When he left, he made it very clear it was just a business decision. No hard feelings with him and the Eagles left on good terms. Uh, I think he would definitely be open to a reunion. That's someone that that's the only player that I would reach out to in free agency. The Eagles don't need to go and buy, uh, spend a lot on a top player because they don't have the money to do so. And they don't need to go out and buy a low-level player because they already have Bruce Hector and Anthony Rush to play with this offseason. So, again, like the defensive end group, need to find that player in the middle to combine with your your really good players and your lower-level younger players. Kind of bridge the gap between those two and take on the bulk of the snaps when those rotations come in. I think Bo Allen's an intriguing prospect for that. But if the Eagles look to the draft, I would look in rounds five and six. Those are the two last pick for the Eagles or undrafted. I think the Eagles will definitely bring somebody in um, just to develop them, see what they can do in the offseason, and see if they can make the team or the practice squad. That's definitely a consideration. They also had Kevin Wilkins back with the team. Um Last offseason, he was promoted to the practice squad for a little bit, then ended up getting waived. So he's definitely a prospect to come back with the team again. But the biggest name that Eagles need to focus on is Bo Allen, and that's it. Tim Jernigan, Bo Allen, if you can get one of those players back, that'd be fantastic. I would say Tim Jernigan is more likely than Bo Allen, but um, both of them would be great. I would love to see both of them back. And if they get they get either... That would be a group of Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, either Jernigan or Allen, and then Anthony Rush. That's a fantastic defensive tackle group. It's going to look really good in 2020. So the Eagles don't need to worry too much about it, but go and get that guy who can make a difference. Or if Anthony Rush, if you think he can make the difference at defensive end three, then go for an undrafted free agent or a sixth-round pick to fill that last spot and save a little bit of money. I'd be fine with that too, as long as the Eagles are all in on Anthony Rush and confident he can make that difference. So like I said, the defensive line group is in good hands. They have good starters, good backup pieces, but if they can get one or two players across the board that can kind of bridge the gap and be that rotational guy that can bring the pressure and limited action, they'd be set up so much better and get a lot more pressure on opposing quarterbacks, opposing offenses, and that would look really good. Um, this is a very underrated position and positional group for the upcoming offseason, but I think Howie Roseman is going to make it a top priority because he loves building up the lines. Last year, when the Eagles had many needs, he ended up taking offensive tackle in the first round. So you can never rule it out. You can never count out what he's going to do. Always going to keep the draft board open and very long. Um, so keep your eyes open for any news about defensive linemen. I'll obviously keep you posted with my ideas, uh, but for right now, 
try to go get that rotational piece, and the Eagles will be set. Really hope you guys enjoyed the discussion today about the defensive line. I'm going to do this with every single position on the Eagles team, talk about who they have, who they may need, some options, and the plan of action. Obviously, with bigger needs like wide receiver and cornerback, I'm going to break it up into multiple segments of the podcast, but um, I'm going to go over what I think my biggest needs are. Uh, if you go back to my previous podcast, I talked about some off se- or 2019 season awards and my top six off-season needs. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Check out what I'm going to be talking about most this off-season. Hope you enjoyed the content today. Make sure you follow us um, on Birds Banter, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe on your favorite platform, and stay tuned for more Birds Banter. Go Birds!